All right. Thanks, everybody that has uh, joined. Um, we will go ahead and get started. Uh, I am Travis. I'm the founder and director of Tech Congress. I am also joined by my colleague Alina, who is on uh, who's on the line. That's going to who's going to help us MC this event. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a good amount of time. We have got an hour to talk about the 2023 fellowships, but a couple um, logistical notes before we dive in. Um, right now, you all uh, you all are all muted. Um, uh, I'm gonna talk for probably 22, 23 minutes or so. Um, give you a background on um, where Tech Congress has been, where we're going. Um, and the great work of our fellows. Um, and then we're gonna have the remainder of time for Q&A. Um, at that point, um, we can take questions one of two ways. Um, one, as uh, Alina has um, uh, pointed out in the chat, um, you can ask your questions during the chat. Great place to put some questions while, um, uh, while they pop up while I'm talking. Um, uh, uh, the other option is uh, definitely wanna take some audio questions. So. Um, uh, you'll need to unmute yourself to do that. So when it comes time for for that, you'll be able to press star star um, to unmute yourself. Um, uh, also, as as you just heard, the call is being recorded. That automated message from Uber Conference. So um, uh, just FYI, that uh, any questions you ask will be um, part of that record, and we're we're going to post this to the website um, after we're, um, after we're done here, um, for any folks to be able to listen to after. So just FYI on that. Um, and I mentioned, uh, Alina is on board. So Alina's going to be helping me, um, corral some of the questions and, um, uh, really look forward, looking forward to hearing, um, what you, what you have for us. So, um, thanks for taking the time to join and to, um, hear a little bit about um, Tech Congress and our fellowships um, this afternoon if you're on the East Coast, I guess, uh, you know, early afternoon if you're on the West Coast. Um, so if you are on this call, um, you may uh, be a follower of tech and tech policy, which I guess you, you probably are. And you may remember when um, Mark Zuckerberg testified before Congress uh, back in 2018. Um, and uh, you may have may remember the questions that he got from some United States senators, um, and uh, and how poorly those questions uh, um, uh, were asked, and 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 how they revealed uh, a, a real lack of knowledge um, about uh, about tech in Congress. And um, that hearing uh, laid bare um, what I had experienced. Uh, in my six years working in Congress, which is that Congress, uh, by and large, um, has some real challenges when it comes to legislating on tech issues. Um, uh, it's getting better, and we can we can uh, um, talk about some of the successes and how Tech Congress has played a role in that. Um, but uh, th this was certainly the case in 2018. It, it was also the case when I was working in in Congress in 2009 and 2010. Um, and when we were at the time writing the Affordable Care Act, um, a big, also known as Obamacare, uh, the, the massive healthcare overhaul, um, there was a there was another tech and government failure associated with that, um, which some of you may remember or have heard about, which was the failure of healthcare.gov, the site which um, Americans uh, needed to use to enroll in healthcare, and which crashed on the day of the the rollout. 
Um, you know, one of the lesser told stories about the failure of healthcare.gov is that Congress played a big role in the website failing. Um, um, and that's because of the hundreds of staff, many of, many of whom were my colleagues, um, uh, that were writing the uh, Affordable Care Act. Um, not a single one was a technologist or, and not a single one even really knew how websites were built. Um, as a consequence, uh, many, many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Americans never enrolled in healthcare and that, um, uh, that had consequence, that has consequences to this day. So fast forward to 2018 and those, those Facebook hearings with Mark Zuckerberg. Facebook, certainly more complicated than building a, a website, but, um, uh, uh, you know, the, the issues they were investigating in that Facebook hearing, how, um, Facebook's sharing of some really basic user data. This is not, um, <laughs> This is not AI applied to every sector of the economy. Um, this is not neural networks. This is not um, automated transportation systems. This is not quantum. This is not uh, um, this is not uh, crypto and Web three. These issues are only going to get more and more and more and more complicated. And Congress really struggled in that hearing because of the 3,500 legislative staff in Congress. Uh, at the time, there were fewer than 10. Now it's right around 20. Um, individuals that um, have a meaningful um, training or expertise in technology. And our vision is that it has to change um, and that there should be a technologist at every stage of the policymaking process. And so we have set out to do that. Uh, the good news is Congress is a tiny place and with um, the right staffer sitting at, at senior roles in the right offices, we think we can do this with 60, 60 technologists um, scattered around Congress. That is what we are setting out out to do um, and to build. And 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 I should say I built Tech Congress because I needed this as a staffer. Really struggling to wrap my head around um, issues, um, very basic tech issues like what is PII, what does it mean to anonymize data, and not having anyone in Congress that could answer those questions for me, um, and having to go outside the building um, to find that expertise. Um, uh, that's not okay for government in the 21st century. So um, our objectives of the organization um, are first and foremost um, uh, to galvanize Congress that uh, uh, to realize it has this tech deficit. We are not gonna solve it with 535 fellows. Um, we should not be solving this problem for Congress. Congress has to solve it itself. And um, uh, we think we can do that um, through um, uh, first and foremost, getting our fellows hiring, hired. We really want fellows that want to stay in Congress or think they want might want to stay in Congress um, to support the institution. Um, uh, but fellows also have helped Congress um, improve on its tech deficit in a number of ways. We can talk about this in the Q&A. Um, uh, we launched a congressional digital service fellowship during COVID. As a result, the House has created a House digital service uh, this is the first digital service in any legislature in the United States, so we're pretty proud of that. So um, that's one. Objective number one is to galvanize, catalyze the, the institution to solve this problem for itself. Objective number two is to build cross-sector leaders. You can think of this program at, at its purest form as like a master's degree in how, in how government works and how Congress works. There is no better education um, into how um, government and policy operates in Washington than uh, a year in the fellowship, full stop. And that's because um, within six weeks of being in this program, you might be advising the Speaker of the House, you might be uh, um, uh, participating in and helping in an investigation like uh, like that of um, the, the Francis Haugen um, 
uh, Facebook whistleblower um, re revelations. We had seven fellows or alumni working on, on those hearings, um, which you may remember. So um, uh, core objective, this is, we want to build cross-sector leaders. We need bridgers that can speak and understand government and speak and understand tech. And um, that is what we want to provide for you, is that education. Uh, and objective number three is to have a program that can cycle in um, the latest uh, thinking and experience in uh, how technology is reshaping society. Um, uh, these cycles of innovation are getting tighter and tighter and tighter, faster and faster and faster. And so we need a process for bringing in that fresh perspective, bringing in those, um, those new knowledge, uh, that, that, that latest um, experience into government. Uh, so we do this with um, two um, core values. Uh, first is that uh, we're non-ideological, we're non-partisan. Uh, we do not take positions on issues as, uh, as an organization, and we um, have worked uh, with um, offices um, pretty far on the left from, you know, Elizabeth Warren, um, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Speaker Pelosi, um, uh, to people in the middle, uh, uh, to people on the right, people like uh, Tom Cotton, people like Ben Sass, um, and everyone in between. Um, and so we think tech capacity should not be a partisan issue. And um, it, uh, as a consequence, we work with um, all ideology. Um, second core value is that diversity, equity, and inclusion are core to what we do. I'm um, really proud that uh, to date, 45% uh, of our fellows are people of color. Um, over 25% are veterans. Um, we still have work to do on this, and we are um, always trying to improve. But um, DEI has been baked into uh, what we do from day one. Um, so why would you want to do this? Uh, why would you want to do this, this fellowship? Give, give up a year of your life, go into Congress. Um, well, let me tell you about, um, Allison Hutchins. Uh, Allison, uh, mechanical engineer by trade. <clears throat> she, uh, helped build roller coasters, did an inter internship working on, uh, the Mars rover. Um, she thought she'd come in, um, spend a year away from her beloved San Diego. Um, and spend a year, learn about government, and then um, go back to mechanical engineering. Um, but what she found was, um, within a matter of months, um, this is the best job she's ever had, and she wants to make a career out of um, working, uh, working in government and working in, in, in uh, tech and public interest. Why is that? It's the quality of the work. Within the first few months, she had um, authored the first bipartisan bill in Congress ever introduced to regulate facial recognition technology. She launched an investigation into uh, disinformation um, and uh, platform accountability, how Facebook, Twitter, uh, and others were handling disinformation as it relates to the census. And then there was a, uh, there were a couple of plane crashes, um, the Boeing 737 MAX, some of you may remember. Um, and Allison, um, by being in, that, being in the office and having a mechanical engineer, uh, engineering background, was helping lead that investigation for Senator Schatz um, and the Senate Commerce Committee. Um, so extraordinarily impactful work. Allison ended up, uh, went up, um, ultimately getting hired by Senator Wyden, um, and now is at uh, the General Services Administration and Executive Branch. Um, the work of the fellows is just tremendous. To name a couple other accomplishments, uh, we had a fellow organize the first hearing on facial recognition, uh, ever in, in Congress. Uh, another, um, has acted, uh, you may see in the news, uh, the CHIPS bill that just passed out of the Senate, which is the largest investment in scientific R&D in a generation. We have a fellow that has been the lead staffer on that for the Senate Commerce Committee. We had another fellow um, that got uh, 
a bill signed into law that um, <clears throat> that uh, targets uh, human rights abuses in Xinjiang province in China and sanctions tech companies that are um, uh, that are using uh, that are that are exporting product uh, products using Uyghur forced labor. Um, <clears throat> as I mentioned, um, leading the investigation into the whistleblower allegations from Facebook whistleblower Francis Haugen. Um, uh, uh, leading the fight against the provision that was in the bipartisan infrastructure bill um, that uh, was literally technically unworkable um, and uh, requiring um, uh, in, in crypto node um, miner stakers, node operators, um, and developers to register with the SEC, um, leading the fight against that. Um, getting changes to defense procurement rules to allow um, startups to better enter uh, the defense procurement markup and uh, mark, uh, market and compete against big, big uh, uh, beltway contractors. So extraordinarily extraordinary. I, I could spend the rest of this call rattling off accomplishments, uh, <laughs> uh, helping author the um, House antitrust bill um, or antitrust report, uh, monopoly report, writing 70% of the questions for Mark Zuckerberg, Tim, uh, Jeff Bezos, Tim, Tim Cook, and Sundar Pichai when they testified in uh, July 2020. I could go on and on and on. Um, this is uh, this is the work that you will do in this fellowship is at a scale unparalleled anywhere in government um, or in tech for that matter. So um, extraordinarily impactful work. So how does the fellowship itself work? Let me talk a little bit about uh, uh, how the program works. First, um, uh, we are recruiting through August 10th, um, and we are recruiting for up to 12 fellows. Uh, what we hope will be our largest class yet. We are we have grown grown incrementally since our founding in 2015, and we want to continue to grow uh, in 2023. So we're recruiting for up to 12 fellows. We're recruiting for up to five, for five to seven fellows to serve with Democratic offices and five to seven fellows to serve with Republican offices. So you'll see in the application, um, we ask you to indicate um, uh, which, you know, which kind of offices you're, you're, um, you're willing to work for. Um, and so that, uh, uh, that is why we basically have a pipeline to serve with Democratic offices and a pipeline to serve with Republican offices. Um, the, we're recruiting for both mid-career and early career fellows. Um, so, uh, I won't go over the details of the, the stipend and benefits. Those are, those are on the, the website. Um, but, um, early career is for folks, um, with two to six years experience, um, kind of post undergrad. Mid-career is seven years and above. Um, uh, and we're recruiting for, a, for a mix of experiences. Um, we've got a great range of benefits, um, uh, up to $400 a month for your health care, um, uh, $1,500 to $2,500 for re relocation, depending on the uh, program, uh, $1,500 to $2,500 uh, for travel and conferences um, during the fellowship, um, $2,000 for your first month of accommodation um, in, uh, in D.C. to ease the move, um, uh, $500 for attire um, upgrades, any attire upgrades you want, uh, comp. Uh, one medical, um, uh, one medical subscription um, uh, money. We have uh, 150 bucks for just socializing during orientation. We work really, really hard to build out the suite of benefits um, uh, for you all. Um, and then, so uh, once you're accepted into the program, how does it work? Uh, well, um, we we dive in and we have um, it's six weeks of onboarding on the front end. It's really, um, uh, uh, really focused training. <clears throat> uh, the first three weeks are, um, are two tracks of our, our orientation or training program. Um, first is 
uh, is really skills-based tactical training. So um, writing oversight letters, doing legislative research, mapping um, committee jurisdiction and the difference between the House and the Senate, uh, um, authoring questions for, for witnesses, researching a committee hearing, planning a, a follow-up committee hearing, really, really tactical work um, uh, to get you ready using all the tools that you're going to need to use once you're on the Hill. And then the second is network building. Um, so we, um, we meet with a variety of stakeholders in the DC tech policy ecosystem. Uh, we meet with um, all the people that make up policy in DC. So tech companies like Google and Lyft, trade associations, um, um, uh, advocacy organizations like Center for Democracy and Technology, think tanks, uh, federal agencies, uh, universities, Georgetown's got a lot going on in the university center and we have a partnership with them. Um, so lots and lots of meetings with friendlies, folks that know the program, that appreciate the program and want to see you um, succeed. So that's orientation. Then you go into three weeks of placement, which we are actually just finishing up for the June, for, for the June class. Um, and um, the really powerful thing about this program and why some of the names that we've named, the offices folks have served in, uh, you recognize and are so notable, you get to choose your placement. So you get to go work for your political hero. And, um, and we, um, we, we help you do that. And so the placement pro uh, program also has two tracks. Track one is um, we will send out your bio to all of the legislative directors in, uh, in the Senate, about half of them in the House and um, all of the relevant committees and we'll say, hey, we've got so-and-so coming into the program. Um, would you be interested in talking to them? You'll start, you'll start out with five, six, seven, eight offices that have opted into you and said, yeah, we wanna to talk to them. And then second track is Alina and I will sit down with you and we'll say, well, what are you interested in working on? And you say, well, you know, I'm really interested in autonomous vehicles and future transportation policy. And I say, okay, uh, well, then you're gonna to wanna to talk to um, the Energy and Commerce Committee in the House uh, you know, Senator Peters in the Senate, it was his bill. Um, uh, you want to talk to the, to the Commerce Committee in, in, in the Senate. Um, you, you may want to talk to, uh, the other, uh, Michigan, uh, delegation, uh, cause they certainly have an interest there. Um, and, uh, we build on top of that list. And then you take three weeks to talk to offices. Um, you'll talk to, you know, you'll have a list of, uh, 15, 16, 17 offices. Um, you'll talk to a, a good number of them. And then at the end of the day, you're going to have offers from two, three, four, five um, offices. We'll coach you through what makes, uh, what, what's the best decision for you based on what you want to work on and what you want to prioritize. Um, we also have, um, this cycle we have five. I think we're going to improve on it uh, even more. We have five alumni that act as um, orientation and placement advisors for you, mentors that we have on contract to, to be there. Folks that have gone through this um, like you have um, and to coach you through what makes for a good decision. From there, what does it look like? Well, you, once, once you find your placement, you're, once you find your dream placement, you go to work. Um, and what that looks like, um, you perform duties sim similar to any other congressional staff by applying your experience in tech to a variety of work. So what does that, what does that look like? You might be researching um, emerging technology and making vote recommendations on the defense authorization bill like Aaron Baruga was doing for Senator Cotton. Uh, you might be helping educate members and staff on issues like Peter Turpluck was doing for Senator Thune, um, advising him daily, writing the daily brief for him about the coronavirus response, <clears throat> you know, vaccines, transmission, epidemiology. Um, you might be writing legislation like Allison did with the facial recognition uh, 
um, uh, opt-in bill uh, or the Open Government Data Act, which Sunman Kim um, uh, got signed into law, which creates a chief data officer at every federal agency. Uh, you might be preparing for committee hearings or investigations, like uh, Anna did with the um, hearing with uh, in the antitrust subcommittee with Mark Zuckerberg and Tim Cook, Jeff Bezos, and Sundar Pichai, or with Francis Haugen, like we had seven fellows or alumni um, preparing for preparing uh, um, questions for for um, for for Haugen. Um, you might be building coalitions with partners and other groups like Sunmin did to get the Open Government Data uh, Act passed into law or like Eric Mill did <clears throat> working with um, uh, election security experts and, and, and uh, voting machine manufacturers to get a, um, to get a uh, security disclosure vulnerability um, uh, group together. Uh, so really, really um, impactful and, and, uh, and varied stuff. Um, from there, our goal is to help you succeed. So we do that with a variety of ongoing programs. Program, uh, programming, we have a um, we have a speaker series where we bring in two to three speakers a month. These, these include these are folks like Matt Cutts, who was the administrator of the uh, <clears throat> U.S. Digital Service, uh, Jen Palka, who is the founder of Code for America. Um, uh, we've had multiple deputy CTOs of the United States come in. Um, uh, Julia Anglin, who's the founder and editor at The Markup, a, a tech publication, um, uh, really, really um, uh, high-level impactful folks to help help you build your network. We also have network quarterly networking events with other public interest um, fellowship, like tech fellowship. This is something that we started during COVID. So folks like the Presidential Innovation Fellows, the Mozilla Fellows, uh, the Lincoln Network Policy Hackers. Um, we really are trying to build this network. We're also Really excited to have the first ever um, <clears throat> congressional uh, fellowship um, networking event. Um, so uh, there are other congressional fellowships. We'll talk more about that in the Q&A if it's helpful. And no one's ever gotten them together, but we're going to do that. Um, uh, but our goal is to, to, to help you succeed during your program. So a um, couple other things, and then we'll, we're, we're nearing question time to get your questions ready. Um, what do fellows do after? Um, so we, we, t we tend to have a one-third, one-third, one-third. About a third stay in Congress or in government. <clears throat> um, we've had a lot, a lot stay on in both the House and the Senate, in committees and, and in member offices. Um, uh, a third go to uh, nonprofit or academia. So um, places like the ACLU, Georgetown, Upturn, which is a um, small, uh, uh, really impressive um, kind of think, think tank in, in D.C., um, Harvard, um, and then a third go back to the um, private sector or go, or, or go back to tech. But what we find is these folks that are going back into tech, they're going in strategy or product roles. They're really applying their policy knowledge um, to uh, to the product world. Um, and so we've had folks uh, go um, lead, uh, lead security at Google Chrome. We've had a handful go to Microsoft. Um, we had one that started at an accelerator for defense. Um, Defense startups, another um, uh, is a number two at an offensive drone startup. So really, really interesting, varied stuff. Um, and what we have found is this is an incredibly unique thing to have on your resume. People want to talk to you. People are really curious about your experience. And you are truly a unicorn in this space as a bridger. Um, uh, so fellows have gone on to do really, really awesome stuff because this program um, and having this program on your resume um, is incredibly intriguing and open, opens a lot of doors. Um, so a couple, a couple of details on the recruitment and selections process. Applications are due 11.59 p.m. Eastern, 
on August uh, on on August the tenth, um, and uh, we will immediately begin reviewing applications. So um, so we cannot uh, extend that deadline. Um, you do need to be a citizen, a green heart card holder, or de uh, deferred action for childhood arrivals for the program. Um, sadly, uh, Congress has uh, unique ethics and security constraints, um, and so uh, it, unless you're in one of those categories, um, uh, it's a, it's a real it's really hard to make it work. Um, you don't need to worry about your references. We're not going to contact them straight away. And uh, we will let you know before we contact them. So, um, so don't worry about that. And really want to encourage you to read the blog and the podcast. A lot of um, and listen to the podcast. A lot of insight on there. Um, we have a we have an essay um, writing workshop that we um, that we conducted last uh, last year, um, and it's really good for helping you think about writing your essay. Um, so encourage you to take a look at that. Um, what are we looking for in fellows? We're looking for four four key things. First is technical ability. You should have some technical training, whether it's on the job from on the job or from a degree program. Um, second is tech translation. We want you to be able to um, explain complex technical topics to a United States Senator that maybe uses a flip phone still. Um, uh, we um, you need to be have a demonstrated ability to work well on teams. Congress is a super collaborative place. Um, so really, really social and collaborative. And then finally and most importantly to us, um, we want to know how you're going to use this platform of, you know, being the tech advisor to the Speaker of the House or um, advising the number two Republican in the Senate on uh, the coronavirus response. What, what's the career catalyst for you? How are you going to use this opportunity and the platform that you're going to have for a year at the highest level of government to become the leader that, that we need you to be and, and that the country needs you to be? So we're really looking for that um that view that vision of of how this is going to uh change your career um last bit um elephant in the room we are still in a pandemic <laughs> um uh was was dodging covid myself uh among among my family last week um and uh it has been a long 29 months um and what i want to communicate to you all is uh, that change is hard. This has been hard. And this pandemic um, and COVID should be um, the reason that you do apply for this program, um, not the reason that you don't apply for it. Um, it has been hard on our fellows. They have, um, they have worked uh, under really hard constraints at a time in which Congress has, from, just from a spending perspective, spent more money than at any time in history. Um, uh, and it was hard on them, um, but uh, they have stepped up and done extraordinarily impactful work. Um, when 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 the gov the government and the country really really needs them, um, you know we had we had a fellow um, reveal that the CDC was undercounting mortality data. And this data is used to allocate resources, to allocate real dollars, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars. And they were undercutting mortality data for uh, for underrepresented minority groups. Um, so uh, Crystal had investigated this, got the CDC to change their um, change their mortality data metrics, and billions of dollars is now in places and um, getting served to folks um, that need it. Um, COVID put on full display just how urgently your skills and expertise are needed. So. 
the uncertainty, the challenges that we've gone through for the last two and a half years, please let those be the reasons that you do apply for this program, um, not the reason that you don't, because um, your skills and expertise are just urgently, urgently needed, um, needed more than ever. So with that, I talked a couple minutes longer than I wanted to or intended to, and um, now we've got 30 minutes for questions, and um, I would love to take an audio question. So whether you've put a question in chat and are willing to um, ask it over audio, or whether you just have a question and you haven't added it. We'd love to take an audio question, so to unmute yourself, you'll press star, star. And um, big point to that brave soul that asks the first question, because that is always uh, a, a really hard thing to do. So um, you can press star, star to unmute yourself, and we'd love to take a question. Hey, Travis, how are you? Good, how's it going? I'm going, it's going well. It's Elizabeth Tarpley. Nice to speak with you again. Um, Me too. Just a quick question. Um, what does the process look like now versus in past years after you're selected for consideration? Um, yeah. I know you guys will be reviewing the, you know, applications as soon as they come in, but what does it look like for the applicant as they sort of wait um, as you evaluate? So in terms of, so just to clarify, Elizabeth. So are, are there uh, multiple interviews? Or yes. I, I know before there were different phases within the process. And so. Great, great question. Um, great just question. trying to see. Right. Yeah, great question. Um, thank you, Elizabeth, for that. Um, so uh, first, I want to say we believe, uh, we believe in transparency in the interview process. We work really, really hard. We want you to be comfortable and at your best uh, during the selections process, because we want to see you at your best. Um, I'm not sure, Alina, can you find the page? <laughs> I can't remember where it is on the website. We have a rough overview of the stages of selection. Um, Alina, I don't know if you, if, if you probably know where that is better than I do, but if you can put it in, in, in chat. Roughly, the selections process has two stages, or four stages, two stages of internal review. Um, um, First, first stage is a, is a review um, uh, by uh, the Tech Congress team. Second stage is with the selections board. Um, I should say both of these stages are anonymous. Um, uh, your, your applications are anonymized. You will see in all caps and large letters on the application that we want you to reveal um, or remove revealing um, information, your name. Um, um, uh, uh, um, uh, mostly from your file name and on your resume. And that's really important to, to minimize um, unconscious bias. Um, but uh, so we have two stages of internal review, uh, and, and one of which is from <clears throat> an independent selections board that, in, that, that is mostly made up of, of fellows, um, or excuse me, alumni at this point. From there, we have two stages of interviews. We have the first stage is, uh, and there, it's all video at this point. Um, we used to do in person, but it's all video uh, at this point. Um, uh, first, first stage is a is a pretty quick interview. It's a twenty minute um, video interview, and um, and second stage is uh, is a, is a longer, closer to an hour video interview. And we have a panel for those those interviews. Um, we give you interview prep guides ahead of each of the interviews. Um, give you a sense of the, the what we're looking for, the types of questions to ask, the medium. Um, um, tips for being at, at being at your best. 
Um, after that interview stage, um, we typically contact references, um, and, and then we, then we make offers. Um, and if I were to give, you know, rough estimates, just so you all have a, have a sense, typically in an application cycle, we have 200 to 300 applicants. Um, and, um, at the interview stage, we typically interview, uh, in, in the, in the first round of interviews, it's, it's, it's 40 to 50. Um, second round of interviews about half that. Um, and, uh, we're recruiting for, you know, uh, around 12 fellows. So you can see how, you know, the, how that narrow down happens, you know, probably like 48, 24, 12 offers. Um, and, um, and yeah, we really believe in, in transparency in the interview process. So if you all have, um, other questions about that, um, please, uh, Please ask because, um, yeah, and Alina points out typically eight to 10 weeks from the time of, of application closing to offers being made. Um, so we work really hard to move as quickly as we can, um, uh, uh, but while still having a lot of rigor and a lot of structure um, to the process so that we're, um, so that we're being, um, you know, we're being, we're, we're giving everybody the care and the attention they deserve because these applications are not easy. And, and we, we recognize that and, and, and appreciate the, the time that you put in. Can we Thank take you, another? Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, can we take another um, audio question? Hi, Travis. Uh, yeah, hi. Hi, Amanda Tilly here. Uh, pleasure to meet you. Um, I have a question about how uh, to mentally prepare, I guess, or what the expectations would be to transition from private industry over the last 10 years into um, sort of that public life, public role, um, yeah. and what what changes we should anticipate from, you know, it, it's just going to be different, and how can we prepare for that? Yeah, that is a great, that is a great question. Thank you. Um, um, thank you for it. Um, so I, I will first um, say Amanda, um, that, um, it, it depends like all things in Congress, there are 535 Congress is 535 small businesses, 535 different ways of doing things, which means that there are 535 different cultures. And so depending on what you want to prioritize in your fellowship, um, you can prioritize different things. And so we all, it's, it's often that we have fellows, um, that want to prioritize work-life balance. They want to prioritize working for the offices that are, that are relaxed. And, um, and there are plenty of them that are, um, I mean, I worked in a great office with, with a wonderful boss, um, that had very reasonable hours and we had, uh, we, you know, 25 days of vacation a year. Um, uh, and, and, and I would not work in an office that wasn't, wasn't like that. Um, and so, uh, I'll give you an example, Frank Reyes, um, <clears throat> who had an offer to work for, who had four offers, work in the United States Senate, including two U.S. senators that, that made him offers personally, and he chose to go to the House Homeland Security Committee, um, and that was because um, they were willing to, Frank had two young kids, and uh, he, he wanted to be able to, you know, pre-COVID, um, when Congress was not a remote-friendly place, he wanted to be able to work from home two days a week. Um, they gave him a parking spot, um, <clears throat> and um, they let him choose his issues and, and, and have a really, um, flexible week. Um, we've had lots of, we've had, I wouldn't say lots. We've had several, several fellows that have come in with, um, with young kids and with families. And for them, a, a lot of them have prioritized offices that have better, um, uh, better work life. To, to get to the core of your, um, your question though, um, Amanda, I mean, I think, 
um, we, we do a lot of that during orientation. And so I don't know that there's a lot that you need to do. I mean, we've designed orientation for most fellowship, congressional fellowship programs. The orientation and placement period <clears throat> is, um, two, three days each. And our, our process is two or three weeks each. I mean, six weeks. We're actually in week seven of the program now for the June fellows. Um, and about, about half of them are finalizing their placement now. We, we, we try and be, make this as, as, as easy a glide path as can be. Um, um, but, you know, some, 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 and, and so it's really low stakes orientations from like 1030 to five. Um, uh, it's, 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 it's really friendly. Uh, we try and, we try and be very approachable. Um, it's, 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 Stuff you need to know and like getting not BS that you don't need to know. We're, we're really focused and structured on it. Um, you know, things that, um, so I'm not really answering your question. I, I apologize, Amanda, but, uh, no, no, you that, really are. You're doing a great <laughs> job, actually. So it's um, a, you know, it's a little scary, I think, to, as an applicant to ask, like, what's your work life balance? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, yeah. it's helpful. You know, I'm, I'm, 32. I have a family. Like, would this really yeah. make sense in my life? So, um, you know, absolutely. Thank you for that clarity. Yeah. And we, and, and we want to build this program around whatever is going to make you, make you most successful. And there are five, there are 535 different ways to do that. So, um, there, there's a, there's a way to do it in structure. And, and we have very blunt conversations. I mean, the flip side is we have, um, people that are basically willing up to, we've had fellows that have been willing to give up their life for a year. Um, I mean, we've had two fellows that have gone to work for the speaker. That is a, that is a, I mean, that is literally a 24 seven job. Um, Victoria and Marley were both getting, I mean, they would often get texts, um, or emails at, at midnight or, or, or 1am and have to, you know, put, produce something for a, a meet, a meeting that the speaker had at 8am. Um, now the flip side of that is that they got to work for the Speaker of the House, and uh, you know they Victoria authored seven billion dollars in broadband funding um, that's going to communities that don't have access to broadband. Um, so extraordinarily important, important and impactful work. Just really depends on what you want to prioritize. So, thank you so much, Travis. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, um, oh, yeah. I wanted. No, sorry. Could Let's I ask right a question? Ahead, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, hi, Travis. Nice meeting you. Uh, my name is Devonshu. Uh, I wanted to ask a question about the um, just best tips and uh, general advice you have for the written application. Um, so I watched the policy essay workshop and, and got some tips from there. But are there any other general best practices that you have beyond just, um, you know, being clear, concise, and... Um, you know, getting people to review, uh, obviously, the application. Uh, any advice for the resume, for example? Like, what kind of stuff you look for? Stuff like that. Yeah, that's, so um, that's a great question, Demonstri, and thank you for that. So I'll, I'll rattle off a couple tips. Um, and, but first, uh, I uh, applaud you for watching the policy essay uh, writing workshop. That's, uh, that's a great first step. Um, and we go into really good detail about what makes for for good essays. <clears throat> um, so I, my tip number one is to watch that. Um, but um, if I can speak to the essays in a really um, abbreviated um, way, uh, the most successful um, essays are specific, uh, the policy essay, uh, the memo, 
um, you pick a very specific topic, the, the, you know, it, uh, if you're thinking about, I mean, to, to give two examples, if you're talking about, if you're thinking about a federal privacy law versus, uh, you know, biometric privacy standards, uh, as it relates to health medical records for people that have a certain, you know, set of conditions. Way better to go with the specific than the non-specific. Also on the essay, give a real recommendation. Um, you'd be surprised at the number of people that um, lay out a problem and then don't actually give a, a real recommendation and don't give a specific recommendation. And some of the best essays are actually even nuance and trade-offs. Uh, you know, talk to this group and determine uh, whether you should hold a hearing or um, whether you should ask for a meeting and ask X and Y things. And if you get this answer, then you should do this. And if you get this answer, you should do this. Um, so the like the nuance and the trade-offs there uh, um, in the recommendation and the course of action is really helpful. Um, there's a part where we ask you to name your technical skills. Like uh, that's not scored, but it's something that we look at um, really um, Closely, um, basically, to, to answer that first number, first question, that first um, threshold, that first criteria, which is your technical ability. Um, and so, um, your, you know, if you have knowledge of programming languages, if you've worked, um, if you have a degree, like n name it all out there, because that will just really, that will help us check that box for you really, really quickly. Um, uh, remove your name from the essay. Uh, uh, from the essay, from your resume, from the resume file name, you'd be surprised. About 25% of applicants don't do that, um, and that means that um, if your name is there, then um, then it means that we can't we can't be fair to you like we want to be, and um, uh, because we are going to have natural. The, the research says bias comes in. Once you see the name, bias comes in, um, and so that's something we take pretty seriously. Um, it also Congress is a place where attention to detail is really important. Um, so that's a that's a that's a flag for us. Um, and then you know being really clear about in there's an essay that's like why do you want to do this program? Um, you know being honest and authentic with your motivations. Um, if you want to run for office, great. If you want to forever be a number two and be a, an advisor behind the scenes, great. If you want to build a you know a program or a startup, um, if you're really passionate about a specific issue and you want to spend your life working on that, great. How are you gonna, like, and then how is the year in Congress gonna help you do that? Um, but just being really authentic and true about those, um, those motivations, and um, then just have it, yeah, have someone look over it. Um, typos uh, come up often. Also, lastly, um, write, write it in another, do not, um, don't just apply on the web form on the apply page, write your essays, in another document and paste it in. Writing in those web forms, like it's just really hard to keep track and you will, you, you're gonna make, type, you're gonna have typos and you're gonna make mistakes. It's just, it's, it's sort of inevitable. Um, and so doing it um, in another document and then pasting it in will be a much better way to mitigate any, you know, um, potential typos and stuff. So um, I'm gonna keep thinking on this as we talk too, if I have other tips. Thank you very much. Uh, that was a yeah, that was a great pleasure. response. Um, quick follow up, can I ask? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to. Uh, so you know, um, uh, I have a bunch of coding uh, projects, um, mm -hmm. but most of them uh, can't be put on GitHub because they're just like 
they belong to they don't really belong to me it can't be public and stuff um so i was thinking of showing off my github but a lot of that is like small kind of homeworky projects um would you recommend putting that uh on the application or would you say no uh, so i would say if you have the if you have the time and the bandwidth to do that that's great um but don't do extra work that is um you know the the show of your skills um three options um that that that's not scored um um it's it's a place where frankly <clears throat> that's what that comes in really at the interview process when we're doing the research about you ahead of the interviews um and so um so uh, also, if, if there's something that is like password protected, you can always put in the link and then put in a password um, uh, because it's not not public. We're obviously not going to share that. But don't stress too much about that that um, that uh, uh, question. That that is relatively minor uh, in the scheme of the application and the process itself. And again, only really comes into play like you know the the truth is. Uh, once you've been selected for an interview, like it doesn't really come into play before that. Once you've been selected into an interview, it gives us a little bit more information about you. But the people that move on after the interview to offers are the people that perform well on the interviews. You know that that and you could you could speak to that in the interview if that's something you wanted to speak to anyway. I see. So it's it's kind of like an optional sort of thing. Um, those like three links, the the place to like show off skills and stuff. Uh, but you're saying that, you know, if it's um, like I, I could put in my GitHub, but it's not like a big deal either way. Correct. Thank you very much. Yeah. That. Hi, Travis. This is Jeremy Zittimer. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, Jeremy. Hi. Um, so I have two questions for you. So I'm, I'm super excited about this, but uh, two things I want to understand. First of all, um, can you can you speak to what extent Tech Congress was looking for folks with a like with a tech generalist background versus like a very deep specialty in like a very narrow tech domain area that's my first question and the second one uh which is flipping my mind at the moment uh is oh yeah as a, like what are, are what is the responsibility of tech congress fellows when it comes to um uh like are they are they there primarily kind of to share technical expertise and sort of answer questions? Are they there to kind of share their stance potentially like beyond their technical expertise? Like what is the line between them sort of being a, a technical resource and somebody who is kind of a like an independent, so to speak, like an independent thinker, like policy uh, policy contributor? Yeah, great, great, great question, Jeremy. Thank you, thank you. Great question, thank you for those. Let me answer the, the second one first. Um, you're gonna have a point of view, you got a strong point of view, I have a strong personal point of view. Um, uh, and, and did when I was a Hill staffer. Um, yeah, you, you are, you are expected to bring that point of view with you and have ideas about, let's take the antitrust bills that are moving through. Are those a good, are those a good idea or a bad idea? Um, you know, uh, we want, first of all, uh, if that's something you want to work on, we want to find you a placement where you can work on that stuff and, and it's aligned with your point of view. Um, you absolutely, um, Everybody's got a point of view in Washington. <laughs> uh, we Tech Congress as an organization do not have a point of view. We're probably one of the few that a few organizations that doesn't. But individually and as a fellow, like you're going to have a point of view, and we expect you to like that's and and offices want that. I mean, that's the you know you have this 
deep subject matter expertise and like they want to know okay you know like you have a better grasp of this than we do so like tell us what you think like they want that um and so yeah you, you should have a strong point of view and like and and your ideology is probably going to be different than some of the other fellows too and you may be on opposite sides of one another but um uh but yeah everybody has comes in has strong points of view and that's that we want that um congress needs that so um second question on whether we're looking for generalists versus deep expertise, it actually, it really doesn't matter to us. Um, for, for us, um, that technical expertise is a threshold question. And we've had, um, and like, if you meet it, you meet it. And then we sort of move on from it. Um, uh, we've had folks that, um, that we've had several folks with PhDs. And then we've had, we've had a number of folks that, that didn't have any technical training, but they, um, you know, I'll, I'll point to Lisa Bogan, who's, who's, Stayed, stayed with us, worked for Senator Warner. Um, uh, Liesl applied in the first cycle of Tech Congress and then turned the program down and I kept after her. I think uh, I've said that enough that she wouldn't be mad that I, I'm saying that now. Um, and she went to work for Senator Warner. She was trained um, um, because, you know, she worked, she trained on the job at Palantir. Um, that others that have, that, have, that have trained on the job. Um, and so, um, What's, what's important for us is like, is how you want to use it. I, I will say in Congress, people are much more generalist. And so I think the Allison Hutching example is a, is a pretty common path. Allison came in with really deep mechanical, ex, mechanical, um, engineering, uh, expertise, building roller coasters. Um, but then the, the, the type of stuff she was working on disinformation, she was working on privacy, she was working on AI and algorithmic bias. She was working on investments in, uh, she was working on, um, you know, oversight of government digital programs. Uh, she was working on the Boeing 737 MAX. Um, so, uh, Congress is a reactive institution. And so, you know, there's going to be a scandal. There's going to be uh, a breach and you're going to, you're probably going to have to jump up and, and, um, apply your knowledge to that. Um, so whether it, it I, so I will say, and this is actually another point, um, on the, um, making your application good. Um, Congress is not, um, you know, uh, we, we recognize people have passions about issues that they want to work on, but that flexibility and the willingness to, uh, yeah, there's this crypto provision in the infrastructure bill, like, tell me what is crypto and what is blockchain? Um, like, we want fellows that, that are eager to have that, to be that flexible and to be that advisor on, on lots of things, even though we, we know you have uh, expertise in one thing. Great. That's super helpful. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, Travis. Hi. It's uh, Nate Long real quick. Just a quick question yeah. to follow up on uh, Devonchu's question earlier. Uh, with the idea of redacting names from resumes, uh, what should be done about, like, say, a GitHub link where my username is my name or, you know, my you know blog is my name.com or something like that. Is there, yeah. do you have any advice on how to like navigate that right, but still have it in the resume? So again, so I, you don't need to worry about for that field. Um, so that, that field is actually not even visible to the review panel at, at either state, uh, um, at either stages. And I should have mentioned that like we have a whole certain fields are anonymized and like by anonymized, they're just not even visible, um, <clears throat> to the review panel. Um, and so, um, and that, that field is, is one of them. Um, so you don't need to worry about that. Um, uh, you don't need to, you don't need to worry about that field. It's, um, 
it's really the resume. And, and, and then we, we look at that when we're in interview stage to help us prep for interviews and have more context about you. So, um, so that actually, I should have said that at the outset. Um, cause, but I didn't realize it. Um, uh, so, so don't, don't stress about that. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Hi, Travis. Thanks for putting this together. Um, one question I had was if you would consider those in indus industries with around a year of experience, um, and could those people apply anyways, follow up in the next cycle or year? Um, thoughts on that? Yeah, great, 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 great question. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we have had a fellow or two. I mean, I'll, I'll point to Jack Cable, who's a current fellow of ours. Um, who, you know, he, he had lots of experience while doing his, his degree. Um, uh, I think we haven't, I'm pretty sure we have a, a June fellow that had about a year of experience. They, they'd spent a lot of, they, they, they'd, they'd been knowledgeable and had been focusing on, on policy. And, and so they were, they, you know, they, they were advanced for having a, a year of experience. So I'd encourage you to throw your hat in the ring. And then, um, you know, uh, what, what I will say, um, is uh if you if you don't make the cut um uh in in your first application i really want to encourage you to apply again i i will say for for me we, we have had a number of fellows i mean at this point probably at least 10 um that didn't that weren't accepted um in the first uh in the first time they applied and were accepted in the second or maybe even the third or um, um, time they applied. That for me is a huge plus. And when I, when we're, you know, when we're in narrow down, um, <clears throat> when we're looking at two candidates that maybe we got equal feedback from the selections board, their score is the same. Like that's a tiebreaker for me. If folks have, if folks have applied more than, more than once, that, that's a huge plus uh, for me because it shows, shows grit, it shows determination. Um, I can't tell you the number of times starting tech congress that i i people said no to me people said um this is a bad idea this is this is never going to work um you know congress is a broken place like rejection hurts it does like it's like real talk it hurts um and and to have the um you know to have the the grit and the um fortitude to apply again i just think that i think that is such a great um, indicator. Um, and so, um, so I'd encourage you to, 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 to throw your hat in the ring. Um, the, the other thing I will say, and I know I'm, I'm remembering, uh, another thing to, to, to point out in your, in your application based on, um, the question that we were talking about a, a couple questions ago, um, entrepreneurialism. This is something that we've really, we've started to, to really look for and focus on. Um, <clears throat> Congress, um, you know, Congress is a weird place. Um, uh, um, and regardless of, you know, there are one, there are some wonderful offices. I worked in a wonderful, wonderful office, but you're still going to be changing sectors. You're likely going to be changing cities. And that's, let's be honest, it's just going to be hard. Um, it, it will be hard. Um, and so what we look, what, what one thing that we're really actively, um, looking for in people's bios and people's resumes is, is a history of entrepreneurialism. So the extent that you can highlight when you led a thing or started a thing or were involved in volunteer experience or, you know, any of that, especially like extracurriculars and entrepreneurial stuff, really highlighting that 
um, is a is a really good thing to do because that shows to us that like that, you know you're interested in the world outside of your nine to five um, and uh, and that you you know you've probably tried and failed um, uh, and you've learned from it and so that's another thing to um, to really really uh, highlight um, um, because it, I think it's a really good indicator that you've got grit um, and uh, and that you've you've got some stick to itiveness. Great, thanks. Let me answer a couple questions in chat because um, <clears throat> uh, we've got a lot, and I and I realize we're getting close to time, so I'm going to answer some of these in rapid fire. Though I just we'll, we'll probably go a little bit long. Or I, if you're able to stay, wonderful. If not, I, we do understand people have other obligations. But um, I'm just going to run down the line. Um, application cycles every January and June. Yeah. We're on a twice a year cycle. I will say um, that January is the one cycle that we're actively looking for mid-careers, however. So if you're mid-career, this is your cycle. If you're early career, we recruit for early careers at both, at, for, for both cycles. Um, but we'll open up the June application probably in November of this year, uh, the June 2023 application. Um, looking for any application in terms of technical experience uh, or, or policy issues, policy experience issues, um, you do not need to have experience in policy or government. Uh, that's why we exist. We want to give you that experience. So um, if you don't have that experience, great. You, you're not expected to. Uh, you know, 90% of fellows coming into this don't have that experience, and um, we're not looking for that. In terms of technical experience, I'll just come back to, um, <clears throat> you know, um, some sort of technical training, just evidence technical training. Um, beyond that, um, what's important for us is how you're applying that in terms of thinking about issues, in terms of your um, your writing and communication ability, um, in terms of uh, synthesizing that. So, um, so, uh, so we're really looking for some technical experience, and then and then we really move on from that um, from that subject. Um, does Congress have specific technical information that fellows should be prepared to cover? Um, no, not not specific. Uh, we could talk about the digital infrastructure of Congress, but uh, that would be another call. Um, what I would, you know, advise you to think about um, is uh, uh, what I would advise you to think about is what are the issues that are that are relevant to Congress now, or or that you think are going to be relevant to Congress next year or the year after. I mean, um, I will say people were talking about blockchain for a long, long time, and. Congress didn't care about blockchain at all until almost exactly a year ago. And all of a sudden, it really, really cares about that stuff. Um, you know, I think quantum is going to be really relevant and, 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 uh, and resonant. Um, so, I, you know, I, I would just think about um, <clears throat> what are the issues that are, that are important to Congress, especially if there are issues that um, the Congress is, is overlooking right now. So, um, Last, uh, I think this is the, the, the last question in the queue, but right at the seven-year mark, should we apply for the early or mid-career fellowship or both? Um, I can't remember whether that field is a one or pick both. Um, if you have seven years experience, I mean, um, you know, our, it's two to six for the, for the early career, um, seven and above for the mid-career. So, you know, based on that, um, uh, I, I, would apply, I would apply for the mid-career. I will say... Um, when it comes to like final round of selections, we we start to dig in on that a little bit, and there there is some 
there's some nuance there. Um, we we kind of we we don't really advertise it, but we've got a we basically got a middle like a a middle tier between the two of them where we split the difference in terms of in terms of stipend. Um, uh, and uh, so it may be the case that you end up falling in that middle tier depending on like your graduation date and the and the years. But but if you if you you know if you're seven years, um, then then that would be a that would be a mid career. But also don't stress too much about it because we in this cycle, like we do not make determinations on it. We are we do we are not making determinations and selections decisions based on experience. We're it's all on merits, it's all on um all on like qualifications and um and then, you know, we figure out the it's mostly it ends up being a budget decision for us at the end of the day. But the good news about January is that um <clears throat> is that the, the hard choices about budget happens in the June class after the January class because uh, that's the beginning of the year. Um, would love to take other questions if you have them. Um, I am uh, able to stay on. Um, I wanted to ask a question uh, about applying. So you just mentioned that the January cycle is the cycle for uh, mid-career people. I'm a very early career person. Um, so you know, should I wait until November or should I apply now? No, I, I would apply now. Um, again, because um, if, if, if for some reason you don't make the cut, um, you can apply again the, the following cycle. And frankly, like we encourage folks, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> if you got far with, with, um, with an application, you should, you should reuse most of that application. Like it clearly was a pretty good application with some with some modifications and so you can we don't we don't change i mean the 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 bulk the questions in the applications largely have not changed in part because it was a really good application i put a ton of time into thinking and got a lot of feedback looked at a lot of fellowship applications um thought very holistically about the questions to ask um so the questions won't i can say with with really strong confidence that these questions will likely not change at all um between application cycles so, uh, so you know, if you're doing the work now, um, there won't be nearly as much work for the next cycle. <clears throat> That's awesome. Thank you very much. If we... Great. Yeah, so uh, if we do reach the stage of uh, the interview process where you reach out to references, what exactly are you looking for um, kind of out of them? At interview stage? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're really looking for um, we're looking for a couple things. The first, the first round of the interview, people are always <laughs> slightly surprised um, though we say it really openly in the in the uh, in the interview guide. The first first round interview is almost all emotional intelligence. We we don't talk much. We we don't we ask very few <laughs> tech and tech policy questions in that first interview. Um, and that's because to be successful on the Hill is to be a good, to be a good, uh, colleague and to, um, uh, and to, you know, and to be thoughtful and to be nice. And so, uh, I will say a majority or plurality, if not a majority of the questions are geared around emotional intelligence. Um, the other things we're looking for are, um, uh, you know, uh, history of, uh, working, uh, entrepreneurial on a team. Uh, in an entrepreneurial way, um, and then those tech translation skills. So this especially comes in in the second interview. We ask a bunch of tech translation questions. We will ask you, you know, pretend I'm a, 
United States Senator, tell me how this thing works. Um, you know, you've got you've got um, you've got a minute to brief the senator on on this thing that you wrote your policy essay on. Like, explain it to me and explain why what you propose is a good uh, is a good idea. Um, so that that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and and the t the technical ability, like you've passed by the interview stage, you've passed that test for us. Um, so we're we're not we're not. It's this is not a technical interview. It's nothing like a technical interview. It's very very different than that. Um, so, but I will also say like we're all we're also very nice. Um, uh, <laughs> we 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 want you to be at ease. We want you to be comfortable. We want you to be our best. You at your best. So. Um, uh, so we we work really hard to provide that uh, that kind of context. I've got one follow up to that. Uh, what sort of references are you looking for? Do you have any tips on who uh, we should use? Yeah, um, great question. And I will say, uh, you know, references really only come in um, towards the end. Um, they come in typically around the second interview stage, um, and and we'll let you know before we contact them. Um, but I would say, you know, um, someone that someone that knows your work product, someone that knows your history, you know, um, if you spent most of your time in academia, we 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 want to have it. We'd like to have at least one professional um, reference. But so you could pick up, you know, pick an advisor, or a professor, plus a professional reference. But um, mostly just someone that can speak to your your work product, your your um, how, what's it like to work with you. Um, um, but the, re the references are pretty straightforward too. We have a standard four question rubric that we ask. Um, and, uh, and, um, so, um, um, and, and they come in pretty late in the, in the stage. Great. Thanks. Other questions. Well, I know we we're about eight minutes over. I'm going to give uh, be, be delighted to take another uh, another question or two. So I'm going to give it ten seconds, fifteen seconds. I've got one question actually. Um, is there any way we could talk to former alumni just to hear what their experience was in their fellowship before we join? The fellowship itself. Yeah. So sadly, we had a we had our our office hours event last week, um, which was with um, former fellows. I, I we have a lot of really good content on the blog and on the podcast. Plus, we have at least one info session, um, uh, recorded info session um, with uh, with fellows or alumni. Um, uh, I, I, on we have a blog post that's like info sessions uh, about the program. Listen here, I think I think that Zoom is embedded. Um, so I would I would have a look at those uh, to start because we, we the the sadly we 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 had our we had our session where we have fellows show up and have open Q and A uh, last week already. So um, uh, but those will give you really good a really good sense. Um, uh, of fellows and those experiences. Um, uh, so I would, I would check those out. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks. Sorry, uh, sorry I couldn't make it last week.
No, no, no. Other questions? On one of the uh, essay questions that are asked, it asks about capacity to affect change and career plans. Uh, mm -hmm. Are you looking for a very concrete vision in terms of like what we want to accomplish or are more general career plans um, also okay? Um, how would you kind of more, think about that? So it's a, this is a great question. And, uh, from, from my, my personal perspective, um, so some people may have very clear thoughts about what they want to do with their lives. I have never been one of those people. I mean, I started out, I started out as a, uh, well, I started out as a marketing major and then I, and then I've studied foreign affairs and, uh, got really into, uh, international democracy and development work, then landed in Congress and, all of a sudden, I'm doing this tech capacity in Congress thing, you know, 12 years later. Um, so I don't expect, and frankly, like, I think it's unrealistic. I think I, I think the most successful people follow opportunity wherever that opportunity um, lies. But I do think that you, um, so, so I, w I would say, like, if you're like me, totally cool. Like, <laughs> um, that, that is, um, that is, uh, that is, that is to be expected. I, I will say, so w what, what we would want to want to know is like, what do you, what do you feel passionate about in the world? Um, what are the kinds of things that you um, envision yourself, uh, envision yourself doing? You know, do you, do you want to work at, what's the intersection that you want to work at? Um, is it, you know, helping, helping private sector um, entities be more, you know, forward thinking about the implications of their products? Is it helping private sector workers, um, you know, get better at thinking about these things? Is it working on, you know, making sure um, that, that veterans have access to the, you know, to the best tech so that they can be, um, you know, they can, they can, they can serve uh, and, and uh, be the most effective, uh, you know, war fighters that they are? Is it, um, is it, you know, ensuring equitable access to technologies so that, you know, kids aren't having to go to a McDonald's Wi-Fi to log on and, and do their homework? Um, you know, so I, I think there, there are ways to think about, like, what you're, I would, so let, let me frame it this way. What are you passionate about? What, what's meaningful to you? What's authentic to you? And how do you, like, how do you want to live in the world um, at the nexus of that passion and what you're, what you're good at? Um, and, and how is this platform going to give you the skills to do that? Um, how is this education um, going to give you the skills to do that? Because at its core, this is, this is just an, this is a, a killer education. Um, there's nothing like it. Um, and so, uh, so I, I would think about it that way, maybe. Great. Thanks. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Awesome. Well, we're now 13 minutes past, and I want to be respectful of time for those of you that may be hanging on because uh, you want to you you, <laughs> you you don't you don't feel like you can hop off, uh, even though you can. Um, so I'll do, let me just close by saying um, uh, saying thank you for joining joining, and 
let me just come back to COVID. Uh, this has been really hard. Uh, it has been really, really hard. Uh, um, we are uh, we are living in uncertain times. Um, it has been a cascade of crises. Um, and you know, if, 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 if this pandemic did anything for me, it made me, um, uh, really think about my role in the world and, um, and every fellow that comes in here and how can they be, um, you know, how can they, how can we help them be, you know, be the best technologist, be the best, best bridger, be the, be the leader in the world that we, that we, we need them to be. Um, I think we, for those of us that have the, you know, have ma- made it through this pandemic without, um, without real, real injuries or scars, like it's time for us to step up. The country is in a rough place, but there's no, there's no, there's no questioning it. And so, um, even if you've never thought about working in government or in Congress or in Washington, you know, take that leap. Uh, most fellows come into this with severe imposter, imposter syndrome. And if you're feeling, if you're questioning this because you're questioning whether you're qualified, um, I want to share the message that that is a good thing. That means your heart is in the right place. And that means that you should do this. Um, so uh, if you're, if you're having second thoughts, if you're having, misgivings like that that is that is a good thing that means you have the humility and we need more humble leaders we need more leaders that um that are coming into this for the right reasons and with the and the right considerations so um please uh i hope that you uh thanks for taking the 70 minutes with us this afternoon uh 74 minutes this afternoon um really hope to see your application um on august 11th since the deadline is august 10th and um Please uh, see the blog, see the podcast um, uh, for additional resources and and, um, hope to see your application and and thanks again for for taking the time. And uh, hope you all have a wonderful evening and uh, we will see more of you.